Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 13. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber Brzezicki, your host, and today we're going to talk about goals and specifically New Year's resolutions. Now, I feel like whenever anybody brings up New Year's resolutions, there's one of two responses. It's either, oh, I love New Year's resolutions. I love to set them. The New Year is so great. It's such a new time to be able to change things in your life that you want changed. Or the reaction is something like, I hate New Year's resolutions. They're the worst. I never keep them. Why does anybody set them? You can set goals anytime you want. Why does it have to be at the new year? And so it's like, either people love them or hate them. I am in the camp of people who love them. And I'm going to submit that if you are in the camp of somebody who hates them, it's likely because you haven't been doing them very well. The reason that most people who I hear don't like them is because they say they don't work. That, you know, by the quote, the statistic that, you know, only 8% of people are still doing their New Year's resolutions by February 1st. And so they give you that statistic and they say, New Year's resolutions don't work. But I would say to those people, it's because you're not doing them right. You are setting a New Year's wish rather than a New Year's resolution. A New Year's resolution takes work. Like it actually takes effort, it takes thought, it takes writing it down, it takes creating a plan. And so many people don't do that aspect of resolutions. They just say, oh, it would be nice if I lost 10 pounds. It would be nice if I was kinder to my family this year. It would be nice if I started a business. They just have like these grand ideas of it would be nice if, and they have this New Year's wish. And then come February, they don't even remember what that New Year's wish was because they didn't put any plan in place to see it through. And then they're bag on New Year's resolution and say, New Year's resolutions don't work. Also, it drives me crazy when people are like, I can't even remember what my New Year's resolution was. And then I look at them and I'm like, did you write it down? Because if you write it down, then you can always figure out what it was. I have my New Year's resolutions from the beginning of 2018 written down in my planner so that I have them there. I know exactly what my goals were. And to me, that's a difference between a resolution and a goal and just kind of hoping something happens. And I feel like for a lot of people in life, they just hope that things happen and they cross their fingers and hope is not a plan. Hope is not going to get you to the actual goals that you want to set. So we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions today. And this obviously applies to the new year because that's coming up and it's on people's minds. But this just applies to goal setting in general. If you want to be a better goal setter, which I think that you should want to be a better goal setter because goals drive you to be bigger and better and improve in ways that you wouldn't if you weren't pushed by those goals. But if you want to be a better goal setter, guess what? 
You have to practice it. You have to implement it. You have to learn how to set goals. It doesn't just come innately to most people of like being very specific with your goals, very actionable, writing it down, revisiting your goals. That doesn't come naturally to people. And so if you've struggled with goal setting in the past, or you've struggled with keeping your goals or making it actually happen long-term, then this episode is for you. I also put together a freebie for this episode. So I have six steps that I'm going to walk you through and I want you to go and download the freebie. It's going to outline each of the steps and then it's going to leave space for you to be able to individually go through and figure out what your news resolutions are going to be for the next year. Next week, I will be doing a another episode on goals. However, this will be me breaking down my 2019 goals. And so if you want an example of kind of how to work through these six steps and how I work through these steps to set my own personal goals, next week is going to be all about that. So you can kind of get an example. But if you go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 13, there will be a link there to download the crush your new year's resolution guide. And it's going to have these six steps. It's going to have a place for you to fill out, for you to think and go through what you want to have happen in 2019. So again, that's bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 13 to get that freebie download. One more thing that I want to say before I dive into the six steps that I want you to take as you set your New Year's resolutions this year is that there is something magical about New Year's resolutions. In addition to just goal setting in general, there's something about turning over a new leaf, starting a new year, getting the chance to start on a clean slate to whatever it is you want to accomplish. And I can say in my own personal life, some big things have come out of New Year's resolutions. I would not have this podcast. I would not have the business I have. I would not be helping the people that I help had I not set a New Year's resolution. 2016, I started January 1st saying, you know what? I want to get abs. I've never had abs in my life. I feel like I've built a lot of muscle, but I've never been lean enough to see my abs. I want to get abs. And while that may have been a shallow aesthetic goal that I had, it set in motion a chain of events that brings me to where I am here three years later with a podcast and a website and a company and employees and something even bigger than I ever dreamed. And that all came from that one goal. From that one goal, I started my Instagram account, Biceps After Babies. I started my company. I've now served over a thousand clients. I have three ladies on my team. I started this podcast. I created free resources that have been downloaded by tens of thousands. And my friends, that all started from a simple New Year's resolution. So I I believe, I believe, I believe in the power of New Year's resolutions, and I want to help you to set better New Year's resolutions this year. So I'm going to walk you through the six steps that I want you to take when you're setting New Year's resolutions. And as we get to each of these steps, they are all important. Okay, so I don't want you saying, oh, I'm going to skip that step. I'm just going to go to the next step, because there's a reason that you haven't kept your news resolutions in the past. And it's because the way that you're doing it isn't working. So how about we try a new way? And this new way is very linear and very like sequential. And it's really important to do each step in order if you really want to be successful with your goals. If you don't want to be successful with your goals and you just want to set wishes, that's totally cool. Like 
let's just be clear about it. Like you can set some wishes. That's, that's fine. But if you actually want to see things happen in your life, you have to be deliberate and actionable about them. And I'm going to take you through the steps that are going to get you there so that you're going to be one of those people who are like, yeah, I set a new year's resolution and look what happened after the fact because of that new year's resolution. So number one, the first thing I want you to do, and don't skip this step because people are going to want to skip this step. I want you to reflect. I want you to reflect on what you have done in the past. Sometimes we spend so much time looking into the future that we forget to celebrate, dang it, what we've already accomplished. And I think it's really important to look back and see how far you've come. Sometimes it's really easy to get down on yourself and think, I'm not progressing. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be at this point. But when you can turn around and look and see how far you've already come, it can help encourage you and give you momentum, give you lessons, like what worked, what didn't work, and be able to help you to create a plan that's going to be more positive and more beneficial and actually work in the future. I hope that you have things in your life that are pushing you. One of the biggest things that I've taken away from my business and one of the reasons that I have loved doing it and I'm so passionate about it is because I've seen what having a big dream and a big goal has done for me in my personal life. It has stretched me. It has helped me to grow as a person. It has helped me to develop more than I thought was possible. And obviously you don't have to start a business to stretch yourself, but you do need something hard and you do need something that you're pouring yourself into that's going to push you to be the best version of yourself. And maybe for you, that's parenting right now. Maybe that's learning how to like dive in and be the best parent you can. Parenting is hard. It challenges you. It stretches you. And if you really like dive into that world of learning and growing and educating yourself and going to conferences and really pouring into whatever it is that's hard and challenging and it's helping you to grow right now, I think that's a really important thing. So kind of think about your life. Like what, what is challenging you right now? What is encouraging you to grow? And how can you make that a central part of 2019 to make sure that you are growing in ways that you want to grow as a person? So that's number one. I want you to do a little bit of reflection before we continue to look forward and and decide what we want to do in 2019. And step number two is to write down your goals. And when you do this, I want you to keep it simple. Okay. And simple doesn't mean easy. I truly, truly believe that goals should stretch you. If you're setting a goal that's like a piece of cake and is not any problem for you to complete, that is not a goal. That's just like a to-do list. Okay. So yes, I want it to be simple, but I want it to stretch you. I want it to push you outside of where you are comfortable right now, because that is how you're going to grow as a person. So we're going to keep it simple and we're going to write it down. Okay. And I mean like picking up that pen, getting a piece of paper that you're not going to lose and writing down your goals. There is power in taking pen and putting it to paper and writing down the intentions and the things on your heart that you want to have happen. I'm a big fan of rewriting your goals. I like to rewrite my goals daily because it helps me to reflect and it helps me to figure out where I'm at, what I need to do, how I'm going to get there. Like if we're talking about something that you really want to have happen in your life, 
why not revisit it every single day and write it down and think about it? So often what I find is that we have these New Year's resolutions and we just kind of like say, oh, here's my New Year's resolution. And then we never, ever revisit it again. If it's something that is important to you and you want to have happen, you got to revisit that stuff. So I think it's really important to write down your goals, whether that's in your planner, I guess it can be in your phone, although I do think that there's power in the pen, in your journal, wherever it is, something that you post on your mirror in the morning. But I want you to write down those goals and and keep it simple, but something that stretches you. I want you to realize a year is a heck of a lot of time. Like it's a lot of time to do something. The difference between where you were January 1st of this year and hopefully where you're at now, like there is that's a lot of time to be able to do some great awesome things in your life. And so I want you to think big. I want you to think lofty. Also, let's choose quality over quantity this year. Let's dispense with this idea that like you need to have 20 New Year's resolutions. And let's just zero in on one to maybe at maximum five. Okay. I usually like to set one to three New Year's resolutions. Those are kind of, that's kind of my sweet spot. But the fewer things that your brain has to deal with, the more focus and attention you can, can give it. So it's okay to like write down a whole bunch of things that you want to change or achieve, but let's whittle that down to what are the most important things. One year I did this, this challenge where I set 52 goals. Like it was this idea that, you know, set 52 different goals. There's 52 different weeks in the year. You can go through and check all those things off. And while that was maybe a fun exercise to write down some of the things that I wanted to do, it ended up becoming more of like a to-do list rather than a resolution list. You cannot like change 52 things in your life at one, you know, during one year. Um, it was way too much to be able to be specific in like actually creating meaningful change in my life. And so ever since then, I kind of have scrapped that and realized that less really is more when it comes to setting goals. And I would way rather you have one goal that you can really put your effort into it and your attention to rather than trying to spread yourself thin and set five or 10 different goals that you aren't able to like remember or really be specific in. Also, I want you to consider that doing new things rather than breaking old habits typically has a higher success rate. So if you can do new things and add new things into your life, that usually is a little bit easier to change those habits, to add a habit rather than to try and subtract a habit. So just something to kind of think about. Are you wanting to add a habit or are you wanting to change a habit? Take some time on this step. Don't just write down the first thing that comes to mind. Get really clear on what you want to change in your life. What what is it that you want to have happen over the next year? What is something that you want to resolve to do differently or better or in a different way? And take some time. Do a little bit of, of reflection on what your values are and maybe where you're coming up short on some of those values and what you can set as a resolution to be able to align how you're showing up in your life a little bit more with what you are valuing. Number three, you got to get clear on your why. And I'm going to throw out a little bit of tough love here. If you have ever set a goal that you haven't accomplished, or you've ever set a New Year's resolution that you haven't accomplished, 
it is because you are not authentically connected to your goal. Okay. And maybe that's a little bit of, of tough love, but I feel pretty confident in saying if it was something that was life or death to you, you would get it done. If I told you, you would get a million dollars if you ate four vegetables every day for 2019, I guarantee almost every single one of you would do it because the motivation to get a million dollars for just eating some vegetables every single day is incredibly high. And so as you're setting these goals, these need to be things that are important to you, not things that you kind of like sort of want to do, things that would be nice to have happen in your life, not things that your parents or your boss or your friends thinks you should do. These goals need to be so close to your heart and spirit that there's no way that you're failing because it's so important to you to be successful. So I want you to stop making excuses. I, I want you to stop telling yourself that just because you failed at goal setting in the past or just because you failed at New Year's resolutions in the past doesn't mean that you you know can't be successful in the future. Stop making those excuses. I want you to be authentically connected to your goal. And when you are really authentically connected to your goal, I want you to step back and watch how that changes how you show up. Watch how that changes whether or not you accomplish the things that you set out to accomplish. When you're setting those goals, these cannot be, it would sort of kind of be nice. Okay. This needs to be something that really matters to you. Number four is to reverse engineer your success. And I love this idea of reverse engineering. When you think about engineering something like a building, you're talking about how you put that building together, right? You layer the foundation first, and then you start layering the bricks and you put the roof on. Like there's steps that you have to go through in order to build a house. And so reverse engineering is saying, okay, I have this house. If I start taking the pieces apart, I can kind of see how this was built and I can know exactly you know, what steps need to be done when in order to create this house. And so that's really the idea of reverse engineering your success. Once you've written down those big outcome goals that you have, I want to eat healthier, I want to dance more, I want to start a business, whatever those big outcome goals are, those are big, lofty, usually outcome-related goals, meaning you know, it's an outcome that you don't necessarily have control over. Um, and when we reverse engineer the success, we take that huge, lofty outcome goal of, I want to start a business, and we break it down into little process goals that are going to get you to where you want to be. So often when people set New Year's resolutions, they say things like, I want to exercise more, right? Like I want to eat healthier this year. And I don't necessarily think that you have to define healthier or you have to define, you know, exercising more. But if you don't have a a specific definition for that New Year's resolution, then what you do need to have is you need to have a list of process goals that are very specific and are measurable and are something that you can check off and that you can say, when I've completed all of these process goals, then that is what I am defining as success for that outcome goal. So for example, if your goal is to eat healthier this next this new year, then you would need a list of process goals of what that means to you, right? That means that I'm eating this amount of vegetables every week. This means that I'm, you know, changing how I purchase, you know, things at the store and I'm going to buy organic or whatever it means for you. You get to define it, but it needs to be defined. 
And then you can say, okay, so I have this list of seven process goals that I'm going to take step by step. And once I've done all these process goals, that's what I'm defining as success. That's what I'm defining as me eating healthier this year. And I really want to hammer down the difference between an outcome goal and a process goal because I think this is super important when you're talking about goal setting. And so often we want to set outcome goals and it's really important to understand that outcome goals you don't necessarily have control over. You don't necessarily have control over whether your body loses 20 pounds. You don't necessarily have control over whether you and your mother-in-law have a better relationship. What you need to do is have process goals that you do have 100% control over. So you don't have 100% control over what the scale says, but you have 100% control over what you put in your mouth, the exercise that you do, the affirmations that you're doing. You have control over that. And so your process goals can be set up to be able to lead you to the outcome that you want, but that you can find success along the way in very specific ways. When you are reverse engineering your goals, it's really important also to have times, time dates for things. So if you're wanting to start a business and you're reverse engineering this process, like what needs to happen? What's the first thing that needs to happen for me to start a business? You know, maybe it's that you need to come up with a name. And then the next step is that you need to register your business. And then the next step is that you need to start a social media account. And you know, whatever the steps are, if you really want those things to happen, put some dates on them. Okay. I'm going to figure out the the name of my company by January 15th and set some deadlines so that you know, okay, as I'm working through this process, I have to do this first, this second, this third, but I also have dates that are set to go alongside of them so that I know that I'm going to have a name for my company by January 15th, which means now that I have a name, now I can go register it with the government. Um, And as you work through those goals, you know that you are making progress and you know that you are taking steps to be able to get to the end result that you really, really desire. Number five, now that you've reflected on what you've done in the past, you've set your goals and you've written them down, you've gotten clear on why they're super important to you, you've set those those process goals up, you've reverse engineered the success. Now, number five is to do the work. Do the work and change who you are showing up as, change who you are. I think it's so important to understand that you as the you right now has created the life that is around you. Who you are showing up as, who you are being, you've created the things that are around you. Your relationships, the money that you have, the success that you've had, you've created that and you've created it by showing up in a certain way. And if you want to have a different outcome than you currently have, that means that you have to show up differently. You have to become the type of person who creates that outcome. So if you're wanting to be healthier or you're wanting to eat better or you're wanting to exercise more, you actually have to become the type of person who enjoys working out and enjoys eating healthy. And that is how you're going to create results that are going to last long-term by actually changing who you are not as a you know not as a like a worthy being like we're all of worth exactly as we are right now but we have to change the way that we show up in our lives if we want to create different results than we've created in the past and some of you may be saying oh no amber like i can't teach an old dog new tricks I can't change. Like I've been this way all of my life. I've been super pessimistic all my life. I've hated exercise all my life. Like there's no way that I can like make that change. And I really encourage you to look at it from the growth mindset perspective. So this is a really huge like 
buzzword in the education realm right now, at least it is at my kid's school. Carol Dweck did a lot of research in the idea of a fixed versus growth mindset. And she realized that some people have this fixed mindset of like, this is how the way things are. They can't, it can't change. I can't get better at math because that's just how I like was born and it's how I'm going to be. And the people who have a growth mindset perspective, they have this idea that you can grow and evolve. And if you don't know how to do something, you can learn it. And if even if you're not good at it right now, that you could be good at it in the future, that those who had a growth mindset perspective were much more successful over time because they felt empowered. They felt like they had the ability to do what they wanted to do and to make changes in their life. And so I really want you to try and to implement that growth perspective into your mind. Yes, you are bomb diggity right now and 100% worthy just as you are, but you also have the ability to consciously make a choice to change something in your life that isn't fitting with what you want and make those changes. And then last, number six, and I think this might be one of the most important things when it comes to goal setting, you have to detach yourself from actually achieving the goal. And that may seem really weird, right? Like we've gone through this whole process of saying like, this is so important to me. I have this really big why. I have this goal. I have all these processes. Like I know exactly, I've mapped it out how I'm going to get to that end goal. So why am I like detaching myself from the result? Why am I detaching myself from this goal? I've put in all this work to set it. But detaching yourself from achieving the goal comes around that the emotion that we, we tend to give things. Taking emotion away from whether or not you hit that goal. Whether or not you hit that goal means nothing about you. It means nothing about your worthiness or who you are as a person. It means nothing about whether or not you are a good person. It just is a result. And when we can really start to see failure or not hitting a goal as just a result and not as something that we have to get super upset about or that means that we're not going to be successful in the future... You can really use goal setting to be able to move you forward in life without having the emotion attached to hitting or not hitting the goal. One of my mentors, James Wedmore, always says, when you do something, you will get one of two things. You're going to get the result that you wanted, or you're going to get a lesson. And I think it's really important to understand that, that you are going to go through this goal and you're going to go through the processes that you set up and the sub goals that you set up to be able to hit it. But whether or not you actually hit that goal, whether or not you actually have the revenue that you want for the year, or whether or not you actually hit the weight loss that you want to hit, or whether or not you actually improve your relationship with your spouse, you're going to get some sort of result. And that result may be just a lesson. It may be just you learning what didn't work. And that's okay. Now you take that lesson and you apply it and you keep going and you keep working towards whatever goal it is from the results and the lessons that you're getting along the way. If you don't hit the goal that you want to hit, get curious about it. Get curious about what didn't work. Why didn't you hit that goal? And not in a, I'm shameful, I'm the worst, I'm a bad person type of way, but from a, huh, I really wanted to hit this goal and I didn't. What like what held me back? What what can I do the next time or moving forward to be able to actually now hit that goal? I have had plenty of goals in my life that I haven't hit. But you know what? It doesn't keep me from setting goals because what I do when I don't hit a goal is I say, "Okay, well what did I learn from that? What didn't work? What am I going to do moving forward and how am I going to make it so that 
that goal that is still really important to me, I'm going to be able to hit it the next time or the next time or the next time. And that is what happens when you detach yourself from achieving the goal. You're detaching your self-worth from whether or not you achieve something, even if it's really important to you. It can be really important to you, but you can detach your self-worth from whether or not you achieve it. So those are the six steps that I want you to go through as you're setting your news resolutions. If you're really serious about this, and maybe you're not, maybe by the time you're like, Amber, that is a ton of work. I don't really want to do that. That's cool. Don't do it. But understand that New Year's resolutions can be powerful if you put the effort and the time and the thought behind making them powerful. If you don't want to set a news resolution, don't. But if you're someone who's like, you know what? I would like to get better at goal setting. I would like to get better at New Year's resolutions. I would like to be part of the 8% that is actually still working on my New Year's resolution come February 1st. Then take these steps and work through each of them and figure out what you want to have happen in 2019. It's exciting. It's a new year. It's an open open year to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. And I encourage you to get excited about it and to get really clear on what you want to have happen. So you can go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 13 and download my free guide that's going to walk you through these six steps and allow you to go through it personally and set the goals that you want to set for yourself in 2019. And next week, I will be going over what my goals are for the new year and walking through each of these steps so you can kind of see how I personally walk walk through them as I'm trying to set the goals that I want to set for the new year. Thanks for being here for another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, my friend. You're going to come back. You're going to listen to more episodes. So you might as well hit that subscribe. So it just automatically downloads to your phone. And thank you to everybody who has shared this podcast. I get tagged on Instagram and Facebook and I love it. I love seeing when you're listening to the episode. So go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, and let's get the word out that, you know what, New resolutions don't have to suck, that you can actually have pretty awesome results from setting some really big New Year's resolutions. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.
Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.